0: And we're continuing our series on prayers in the Bible, and we're uh, looking at Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel. But I wanted to ask the question, and that's the next slide, uh, what is, what longings do you have? What do you long for? What is your deepest longing? And so if you have a piece of paper uh, or a cell phone app, note-taking app, just write some things down or one thing down. Your What is your deepest longing? What do you long for? What is the desire of your, of your heart? Because when I was growing up, one of the things that was really difficult for me to do was to ask for things. I don't know what it was. Maybe I knew my parents weren't always financially uh, together or maybe I had this, as the middle child, I felt like I needed to be as small as possible, be as invisible as possible, and be as little of a burden to my parents as possible. So my dad would want to give me things, and he would say, Dave, what do you want to eat? Or Dave, what do you want for your birthday? Or Dave, I, I want to buy you something. Can I get it? And I'd just be like, I don't know. Oh, nothing. I don't know. And it would just frustrate my dad because he really wanted to care for me. He really wanted to really give me something. But there was something in my, my throat and my tongue and my mouth that wouldn't let me formulate what I wanted in my heart, what I desired for, and just to be able to say, I want this! And I always admired people who knew what they want and were able to ask for it. Even now, it's difficult for me to ask for things because I don't want to be a burden or, you know, everything, everyone else comes first. But I think in this passage, what we learn is... That God cares about the deepest longings and desires of our heart. Amen? Amen? Amen. He hears our cries. He hears our prayers. And I'm going to ask the children something, and you can turn to the next slide. Do you guys know what this is? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi. Well, what is it called? I'm not a, child. Uh, it's a It's a speak and say, right? It's a speak and say, and it's farmer uh a uh, farmer says farmer bob says or whatever so what happens if i were to pull that string anyone anyone leo uh, yeah. it it spins when i pull that pull string it'll spin and then the arrow will point to a land on an animal and what happens when it lands on an animal that's it's chosen. yeah and then you hear the sound that that animal makes right so if it went around kids or even adult kids out there, if it landed on a chicken, what sound does a chicken make? <laughs> I like Mark Mark back there. <laughs> okay, so I pull it. What sound does a pig make? What song does a frog make? What sound does a Make. Quack, 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 quack. And I bet you, in the, in your life, you've never heard quack, 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 oink, 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 bu-quack, 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 bu-quack. in a church service, right? This is the very first time you've ever heard those sounds in a church service. And the reason why I bring this up is there are, we may have all have, if you grew up in the church or you have, saw movies about church, or you're a regular churchgoer, we may have unspoken rules about what is proper and improper, or what is, you're able to do or not do in church, right? Yeah. It, name some things. What can you not do in, in the church service or in church? Um, Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> Go to Town. What? Go to Town. Go to Lavender Town. I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> Say bad words, right? Interrupt Even though I've done it before. <laughs> interrupt a preacher? But I'm asking you guys to interrupt, right? How what was that, Dusty? Answer the phone. Answer the phone. Uh oh. Was that someone back there? Have a pillow fight. Have a pillow fight. You can't have a pillow fight in church. Unsaid. It is unsaid. That's very unspoken. <laughs> What if during uh, worship all the kids got up and did the, all the speak and say animals all at the same time? So try that. All the kids get up and do all of the animals. Pick a, everyone pick a different animal and do it at the same time. You two guys right, stand up. Ready? I'm gonna do a chicken. What do you guys do? I'm gonna do a human. Hello. Okay, what are you guys do? And if you're an adult, you can participate. Ready for 10 seconds? Ready? Go. church before but uh we have all these unspoken rules or unspoken things about church or the place of God the house of God the temple of God and how we should approach God and how we should come to God and sometimes those preconceptions or those ideas need to be struck away because look at our story today about Hannah right Hannah comes into God's temple And Samuel is there sitting on a chair, the priest's chair, at the doorway. You know, maybe supervising the temple, what goes on in the temple. And people are coming in and praying. And Hannah comes in, and she's crying out to God. And she's weeping, and she's begging. This is my heart's desire. This is my greatest longing. This is what I want and I need. And, not Samuel, Eli. Eli hears her and sees her from a distance in the room, and what does it say? It says he thinks she's drunk because she's mumbling something, and she's crying, and she's being, what, weird. And maybe he feels like inappropriate, right? Like if someone was here, an adult came and was making chicken sounds while I was preaching, we'd be like, oh my gosh, who is gonna get up and like talk to that guy? Right? And Paul will look at John, and John will look at, you know, Janice, and Janice will look at Christy like, someone's gotta stop that guy, right? It's inappropriate. You don't just go and make chicken sounds during church service. Someone, who, someone, come up. Who's the mean person in here? Grab that guy and get him out. Or say, excuse me, sir, can you be quiet, please? Right? There's inappropriateness, and Eli is coming up thinking, oh, this woman is drunk in the a.m. It reminds you of Acts chapter 2 during Pentecost when people are hearing uh, the apostles talking and speaking in their native tongues the gospel. And they say, it's 10 a.m. in the morning. Surely these people are drunk. And it seems like when the spirit of God is moving and God's people are praying or crying out or speaking the gospel, A lot of times, the people on the outside, observing this, are like, they must be drunk. That's weird. That's out of place. That's inappropriate. But apparently, what Hannah is praying for and longing for, what she's so passionately um, putting out to God, is the most appropriate thing. Why? Because God answers her prayer And answers it powerfully. And what is her prayer? Her longing is to have just one son. God, grant me a child. And actually, Hannah is the second wife. Um, Back in these days, in this culture, people had more than one wife. And she was the second wife. And what was happening is the first wife, and one of the values, and we still value that, is having children, but for a woman, that was very deeply tied into the identity of women was to be a mother, to be able to bear children and extend, you know, and for a father, it's so that my generations, you know, my my name and my family line will continue through the generations. And so it's very important for a woman to be able to bear children. And uh, in our culture today, you know, there's a lot of people who choose not to have children, who choose, you know, to pursue a career. There's some people who can have children, right? Who try and pray and pray and pray and can't have children or have lost children early. And so we want to think about those people and remember those people as we, as I'm speaking, uh, and know that people have different experiences and they're hard. And for Hannah, her hard experience was that she was unable to bear a child. And on top of that, the first wife was teasing her about it. Have you ever been teased in school or in the workplace? Like people go, ha, ha. And the first wife was like, ha, ha, ha. I have. And she was kind of rubbing it in. I have three sons and two daughters. And, you know, um, I guess his name was Penedia or something like that. He loves me more than he loves you, and I'm able to give him children after children, and Hannah was really sad, right? She felt like nothing. She felt like she had no worth. She felt like there was nothing that she was really contributing to the family, because she had no children. And this is why she went to God's house. This is why she went to the temple to pray, and sometimes when we think about prayer we think about formality right we think about what what is the right thing to say how should i say it and even our voices change when we pray right i remember there in my for my dad who was a pastor there's the normal talking voice and then there's the prayer voice the prayer voice would be like two octaves lower and more (laughs) authoritative even i do that dear heavenly father as we gather here in this place as you gather your people into this place, may your spirit fall upon us. Right? Amen. <laughs> it's like, more authority, more formal. As if we need to approach God with a tuxedo and be like, you know, bow three times, take five steps. Bow two times, take five steps. Do all of these things when we approach God. And yes! Yes! There is some of that, like this place is holy ground. When we come to a church, it's sacred and it's holy. And so we should honor God and we should respect God. And we should come to him with reverence. But also, there's a freedom in this space. There's a freedom in God's house. And there's, God is approachable, right? God is accessible. That's the whole point of us and he really wants us to touch that and feel that I am accessible, I am approachable and me in a human form means I touch you, I hang out with you, I roll with you, you can walk with me and have a conversation and that's the God we serve, yes, holy and sacred but also safe and we think sometimes we make God so small And so little, like, oh, I cannot, you know, I can't pray like that or I can't worship like that because he'll get upset as if he had, he was a fragile person, right? As if God couldn't take our rawness, God couldn't take our emotion, God can't take our problems, God can't take too much drama, we can't bring too much of our drama before God, because, oh, God will get overwhelmed and thunderclouds and lightning will come down, right? And someone told me something a while back. A mentor said, God is big enough for you for any hits you can give him, right? Even if you were to come to God and just pound on his chest God, God, I'm mad, why is this happening in my life? Why can't I have this? Why did you do this? I don't want to wait. Mommy and Daddy are mean and unfair. Boom, boom, boom. Life is unfair. You never care about me. You never pay attention to me. You never answer my prayers. Boom. And we think that God is too fragile for all of our emotions, all that is in our heart. And so we never give it, just like I never asked for things growing up. We hide. We walk on eggshells around God. Because we think he's too small. But God is big enough to take whatever you have. He's take that and love you even so. And hear you even so. Amen? Amen? And this is Hannah. Hannah comes with all that she is, all of her sadness, all of the unfairness that's going around her, even in a patriarchal culture in a patriarchal society she comes and has the audacity to approach God weeping and crying and saying this is what I want give it to me God please I will do anything if you provide this for me this is what our prayers should be more like our prayers should reflect the longings of our heart God cares about what you long for do you believe that and sometimes in the church, and I'm going to end with this, sometimes in the church, we don't think a church is a place for desire. Right? Church is, For me, church has always been a place where desire is pushed into the closet or under the rug. Right? We're like, oh, desire is a dangerous thing. It's that that passion is a dangerous thing. That gets you in trouble, that can make you sin. But we've got, to, we've got to flip the script on that, folks. That's wrong, you know why? God created desire. God created the desires of your heart. God created your emotions. God created your passions. God created your convictions. It's not that we should hide them and get rid of them because they're gonna make us do bad things. It's God wants to be Lord of that. God wants to fill all of those spaces in your life and your heart and be sovereign in those places. Amen? Yeah. And to take your desires and say, yes, I get you, I feel you, and I got your back. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that into something so good. Right? So good. Amen? Are you with me, church? Yeah. And Hannah, it says that she goes off Feeling better after this prayer and after what Eli says to her. God hears you and he'll answer you. She goes off feeling better and not feeling sad anymore. Because God heard. And then later, she finds out she's pregnant. She has Samuel. And she fulfills her vow. She said, God, if you give me this, I'll give my child back to you in service of you. So when Samuel was of age... She sent him to the temple to live, to be raised up as a priest. And he became one of the great priests of Israel. And so, there's two things in that. God hears the desires of a heart, but also, God turns those desires, right, into things that, where he is sovereign and he is in charge, right? Even those, the answered prayers become, come for the glory of God, And so my challenge to us, as we practice prayer, as we learn to be a community of prayer, is to bring your heart's longing to God. And a really practical thing is worship, prayer, everything. How we come into the sanctuary, to God's temple, be more free, right? Be more of who you are. Because the other thing, we talked about this in men's group today, is prayer is a vulnerable thing, right? That's why I think sometimes it's hard and awkward to pray together when you don't know the people you're praying with. Because it's kind of like, oh, it's risky. It's intimate. It's vulnerable. Take risks in putting your heart out there. And let's see what kind of fire gets lit in this place. Amen? Amen. Finally, I want you to take those things that you wrote down, the, the desires of your heart, what you long for, and we're going to try a little out loud prayer. And I know it's risky, right? It's going to be a little awkward, or it might be quiet in this place, and it might, you know, it might, it's going to be an experiment. But I'm going to help us out, kind of like what Paul did, kind of an ice-breaking activity, right? I'm going to have the kids while we pray, do the farm animal sounds, right, just quietly, okay, So so you don't feel like it's quiet and awkward, and then, if you don't know what to pray out loud for, just repeat your longing, what you wrote down, if it's too private, like, change it up, so it's like, you can put it out there, but also I invite you to take a risk, so we're going to out loud pray to God and put our longings out there. And we'll just do it for like a minute, like together prayer. Is that, is that cool? I feel, and you're also welcome not to pray out loud. You can just pray under your breath, pray quietly. We're not forcing anything. But kids, if you want to pray too, that's fine too. But if you want to make uh, animal sounds, that's good. So it'll, it'll make us all feel less conscious, okay? You ready? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for uh, prayer. And we lift up our prayers to you. God, thank you so much that you are a big God, that you can take it, that you can take it from us. Whatever we've got going on in our heart, you hear the cries of our heart. Um, You hear, uh, you can take the pounding of our fists. Uh you nothing is too weird for you. Uh, because quite frankly, we're weird people and <laughs> we have a lot of stuff going on in us and that's okay because we're made in your image. So help us to pray boldly and pray outwardly and pray uh with conviction um, on our lips. Pray that so that people will think we're drunk. Pray that people will think we're crazy, um, in the ways that we're coming to you and I pray that uh, the desires that we could become more in touch with the desires and longings of our art, maybe they've been pushed deep down inside. Maybe we've forgotten to ask, how to ask or what to ask because it's been so long since we've even felt felt that longing or allowed that longing uh, to enter into our space because um, we've been disappointed in our lives so much or hard things have happened. Teach us to hope again. Teach us to cry out again. Help us to see your power so that tomorrow we'll be singing your praises and glorifying your name. In Jesus' name, amen.